Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Adam Southey here with my co-host, Justin Sleva, and this is the Casual Fridays Aria podcast today. We're talking about hell yeses or hell noes. Before we do that, though, let's talk about your mail. Because Rocket Print, who we love, who we use, has a big sale coming up uh, June 5th through the 9th. So we want to let you know early. So maybe you can give them a call or start planning. Uh, because you already know that Casual Fridays get you the best deal on mail. And when you add a sale in, it makes it even better. And we love Rocket Print. So uh, make sure you go check them out. RocketPrintMail.com forward slash Casual Fridays. Happy Friday, sir. Hey, happy Friday. I was like, wait a second. I think that's my cue. Oh. I went off, I went off the cuff. You, know? you that did. Was, I liked and it. I made it all the way through without having to start over or stutter through. You know? it, I, I like it. It was it was new. It was refreshing, and it caught me off guard. <laughs> but we are back. We are talking hell yeses and hell's no's today. Imagine living your life. Everything is, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. They could be well, bored or excited. Well, I don't know. It's probably not a bad way to live i mean uh-huh. to make those decisions like a snap decision you know should we explain a little further yeah do you hire peyton hell yes or hell no <laughs> can't even get her to look up she's just yeah. in the zone over there working away yeah so for those of you listening the idea justin said this during our uh office hours for master, master class. class yeah it's like we're talking about land to buy and then based on the current market yeah and he said right now we're looking at land and if it's not a hell yes it's a hell no Mm-hmm. I thought that was probably one of the greater things you've said in almost five years. <laughs> Wait, I, I think it's right up there with Bass Boat property. I mean, that's that Bass Boat. I still heard people at the Land Unconference with uh, Dave Dennison's group this last weekend still using Bass Boat property as a term, and I'm having people ask me to explain it to them. I'm like, man, this feels good. We're, we are five years later. But hell yes, it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And and I think it rings true for the market we're in because nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows what's happening. Sales aren't slowing down in the in the stuff that we talk about, the Bass Boat property. But we we want to know how to predict the future and what what we're going to buy. But we know what sales, and that's the hell yes. Yeah. Well, the market's definitely changed. I mean, uh, two years ago, mm-hmm. just about everything was a hell. Like, you could buy it. didn't matter what you bought. You could yeah. sell it, make some money, right? Yeah. That market has changed. I've got properties. You've got properties. Some of master class people have properties that you're like, well, I think you have properties. But they... You thought they would sell immediately, mm-hmm. and they haven't. Yeah, right. So the market is different. Yeah, and so you've got to comp- go forward with your business prepared for that. Oh, I agree. I agree. I, I, uh, I was looking at this the other day, and I did actually yesterday. Nineteen hundred and eighty-six acres that we have equitable interest in that Lamuel does. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at that, I'm looking at what's selling. And you know, we bought one in. We bought a sub a small subdivide in Bozier. It had been on the market for six months when we bought it. We offered them about half of what it was on the market for. When they'd already done two price drops, we bought it for half of what they were on the market for. We have now got two under contract of the three tracks that it is. And the only thing that we did differently was clean it up a little bit. We made the vision to where people could see it. But we knew it was a hell yes because it had city utilities, had asphalt access. It had Google Street View. I could look at the property. And when I looked at it, it hadn't been touched in 20 plus years. Like the driveway was overgrown and we just cleaned it up. So even though when we say hell yes or hell no, you can do the little bit of things to make it make sense. Mm-hmm. 
like buying it at half of what it was listed for. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. And so, and we're selling it at over what they had it listed for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other side of that, like, and I, this is fresh in my mind because I literally just got the phone with this, but looking at land and, uh, you know, up, up north mm-hmm. and it's 80 acres mm-hmm. for 25 grand, mm-hmm. huge tall trees all over it. Mm-hmm. Two road access on two sides, power. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking, heck yeah, hell, it sounds like a hell yeah, yeah. And then you start diving in, right? Looking at it, it's you know covered in wetland. Okay. And so there's buildable spots. Okay, that's good. You sure don't think you're going to lose money on 80 acres for 25 grand when it's covered in yeah 30, 40 foot tall pine trees, right? Yeah. But I'm still on the fence, and right there, I'm like, well, it's not a hell yes. Okay. So then, following that logic, yeah, it's a hell no. So I haven't seen this property, so I couldn't tell you my, my thoughts on it. When I hear that, and, and we kind of had this conversation before, was like, okay, if it's got buildable spots, is there a way to make those a cabin or make those cabin sites that you you highlight that, but you have all this additional recreational land that's just kind of back there? And I think you used the term moose and wolf land. <laughs> and, okay, I, I've never heard the term before, but I, I get what the guy's saying when he says it. Yeah, well, the wolf wasn't a good thing. Oh, it's not? No. no, no oh, no. Yeah. okay. I thought it'd be kind of cool. I never, to us, to me, yeah. it sounded that way. But the way you know, I was talking with Nick, who I'm looking at this stuff with, and he's like, that's, he made it sound like it wasn't a great thing. So he's, so I'm like, uh, we're, I'm talking, we're talking. I'm like, and he said, oh, you can't build on it. I'm like, okay, mark one. And he's like, right. and then, and then he's like, oh yeah, it's not very good hunting land either. And I'm like, okay. okay, keep selling it to me. Yeah. Keep, you know, he's like, yeah, apparently there's wolves and all that up there. And in my head, I was thinking, oh, that's cool. And then he, whenever he said it, I was like, oh, it's not good. I was like, I was like, repeated. You can't build on it. You can't hunt it. So what is it? It's a hell no. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a hell no. Yeah. But he said, it's a moose property. And I go, well, it doesn't sound like moose is something that you can just hunt very often. And he said, it's a once in a lifetime hunt for a Minnesota resident. And so. You only get to hunt it once? I did Okay. I didn't know. Yeah. That's the impression. That's what I took from that. I didn't okay. know if it um, actually go- meant that people could hunt it. I you was, know you're going to be fact checked on that right now. <laughs> actually, Adam, if you enter the lottery in Minnesota. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a hunter. B, I'm definitely not a hunter from Minnesota. So <laughs> fact check all you want. I don't really care. Yeah. That's I mean, that's a great point. And, and so, do you know, I'm going to dive this back to the, the conversation we were having in the masterclass. Why, why this is an important thing. When you start to underwrite these deals, you get kind of emotional on it. You want to make it work because you want to see this deal get taken down. You want to have inventory. You want to go through this. And we start to get a little bit wishful thinking on our, our comps, uh, we, we're not staying conservative in them and we, and we're not being a realist in like what it's going to take to sit on the market. And, you know, frankly, and, and we've had this conversation multiple times over the last couple of weeks is, you know, when you're taking a million dollar property and you're going to cut it up, just, just bear with me here. And you got 9% interest. That's $90,000 in interest. That thing's going to sit in a year. If it doesn't move, mm-hmm. that's a lot of overhead to be carrying with you. That juice is, is expensive. I mean, mm-hmm. you're looking at what, eight, $9,000 a month, $9,500 a month in interest. 8000 and some change. My math's rough there, but 8000 and some change. And just interest alone that you're eating up, you know, that's more than most people's lifestyle business expenses. I mean, so you just double this up to make this project work. Does it work in some cases? Yes, it, it works when it's a hell yes. But if you're not 100% sure you're going to do what you need it to do on your return, then you probably should be watching it a mm-hmm. little differently. Yeah. Yeah, because $90,000 in interest can still make it a hell yes. Yeah. If the numbers are there. Oh, great. Agreed. But in this market, you need to make sure you're being conservative on your comps and your pro- money raise and yeah. project, uh, what's the word, CapEx. CapEx. Yeah, yeah. Because um, we 
done pro- properties like that and still made just fine. Yeah, they One, made them hell yeses. Yeah, 100%. They can be hell yeses, but they have to be bought right. And so that's when you go to the offers, you can turn a property that, if it meets all the, the criteria you want to buy with, then it becomes a game of, does it create the margin you want? And you create that by the buy. Everybody says, you know, you, and you've heard this cliche throughout every guru that's investing, you, you make money on the buy. And this is when it gets really important because if you're buying it for a million and say it's only going to generate, it, we'll just use $100,000 and it's only worth 150, well, you want to buy your risk down. So for every dollar you get it down, it's more potential profit, but it's less risk on the table for you. Mm-hmm. So if it's a $100,000 buy price and it's worth 150 and you can get it down to 75 or 80, you just took a lot of risk off the table. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I think if you're having those conversations when you're looking at comps and you're going, well, I, I think everything's about 3000 but you know, if I do this, I can yeah. I can probably get 3500 And at that point, it makes it worth it. Yeah. And I like how you said the word, I think it's worth this, because nobody really knows, but if I put a value on it and say, okay, I see solid sold comps at three to five, three to 3500 uh, bucks an acre, I go, it's instantly worth 28 to three to me mm. just to give myself a little bit of leeway right now. And that's, I, I maybe I'm going to lose deals because I'm being too conservative or I want to see a certain margin, but I'm not losing money on bad deals and holding inventory when a good deal comes. I can't jump on it. Because mm-hmm. I think that's a big number three step to this is if you put all your capital and you deploy all your capital into so-so deals, when the good one comes around, you can't put money into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Um, I think there's a lot of people who will start getting deals back, especially now that numbers are down, right? Yeah. You got to send a whole lot more mail yeah. to get good deals, right? And you're going to start getting, everybody gets questionable deals back mm-hmm. every time you mail. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of people like, well, I don't want this mailer to go bust. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take this. So I'll take this risk. And you know what? I could probably take this risk too. You buy all that, you spend all your money and then all the, of a sudden the perfect one comes and you, and you have to just sit there and watch it go by. It's like seeing that fastball come right down the middle and you want to hit a home run with it. And your coach told you to take it. And the coach is your money. Your coach is it, the money is, you, is telling you what you can and can't do with that deal. And that sucks. And that's, and that's a tough one to watch, but they're like, Oh, well I just get plum or I get somebody else to invest in it. You can, but now you're getting half the money mm-hmm. or whatever that breakdown is. And while it's better than nothing. So like, what do they say? What's the term? Uh, one piece of watermelon's better than no watermelon at all. That is not a term. I've okay. What I think that, so I've heard somebody say something about half a grape's better than no grape at all, or something. Or I mean, it makes so, sense. So I, I look at that and I go, well, man, uh, yes, but now how long does that capital stay tied up, and what did that cost you in the long term? You know, if it say that that so-so property sits on the market for eighteen months, mm-hmm. do you have the wherewithal to say at six months, either slash the price and get out of it? or clean it up and spend the money to make it right or what, what where's your business acumen in that and that's and i think that's something we don't hit on enough is because you know i one of the things i remember early on 2017 when i was buying stuff that was like desert stuff i had a, a, a plan and I, I don't really do it as much now because i try to run the playbook up front but back then if it was on the market for 30 days and i don't have it sold i would go straight to ebay with it and i'd put it on a terms deal on ebay and generate these are cheaper properties. It may not. It's not going to work on a half million dollar or hundred thousand dollar property. But then at that time, I knew at thirty days I was disposing of it, and I just trying to get something generating with that capital. Because if it's just sitting there for a year, your capital hasn't generated anything, and it's just costing you money. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't that be something if eBay would, did work for a hundred and five hundred thousand dollar properties? It would be. It it, it <laughs> might. I just, I'm just not going to test it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Testing it, I guess, is not that big a deal, but I don't know anybody. I've never even heard of anyone who has. 
I, I don't know. They, they sell purchase. They sell Bugattis on eBay. That's true. I yeah, mean, so I yeah. think if you laid it out and you were a, an actual business that said, hey, you know, landmule.com, check us out here. This is the property. This is the terms. I'm willing to own or finance it. And you're probably going to take a less amount down, but it's another advertising source. Mm-hmm. I haven't spent the 70 or 80 bucks to try to list one to say, hey, you know, this is a $130,000 property with 10000 down at 10% interest over this. It may work. Mm-hmm. I think more people are aware that you can buy cards on eBay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, they, they, do have, they do have eBay auto yeah. and not eBay land. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a, it'd be an interesting thought. But again, getting back to that whole, that if you're not 100% sure on it and it's, and it's iffy and you're gambling, you know, there's, I think there's always a little bit of money to, to play with gambling in this game. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's I th- right now I'm still on the, if it ain't a hell yes, it's a hell no. Yeah. And then if it's a hell no, what can I do to make it a hell yes? Yeah. Can you can you flip that? Is, yeah. is it is it an offer price? Is it a cleanup? Is it a, you know, something to, is it is it an easement that you just have to clean up? Like we, we bought one in Oklahoma that's landlocked. It's on a section line, which allows the state will allow you to open that up. And it has a road. It has physical access. We don't have a legal easement across that physical access. So we bought it. We bought our wrist down. They wanted thirty grand. We got it for eighteen. And then now the idea is: okay, do we flip it to the people that were landlocked by? Do we go to the state and open it up? And so we have two exits on that. But we bought our wrist down with open access on the market. This thing's worth eighty grand. So we're we're not in bad shape equity wise. Mm-hmm. But that, that's how we make it. We put the we originally had a con in the contract at 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 30 was if you have if we have it contingent upon getting an easement they turned us down so we said okay we know we can open it up with the state at which point we said hey we have to buy it down cheaper mm. and that's when we got them to knock off to the eighteen thousand. it works yeah so that's turning them into hell yes yep cool you like it i like it you feel good with it feel good all right did it get you hell yes or hell no in minnesota <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a hell no. But we're going to see if we can make it a hell yes. We're going to, yeah, we're working on making it a hell yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Going through that process now. I love it. I love it. I love to see land deals getting done. You got that land deal glow going about you today. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. That's it. Um, as always, do us a favor. Go to Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Give us a like, follow, subscribe, and then iTunes, Stitcher, wherever else you're listening. Like, review, and subscribe. So, appreciate it. Love you. Thanks, Friday. See you, guys.